0: and we're live with our 187th episode of absolute absec i'm ken johnson at ck tricky on twitter joined by my co-host seth law at seth law on twitter seth say hi
1: hey everybody welcome back to another episode uh, ken and i are as always happy to be here uh not too much to go through this week um but I did want to bring up uh, DeepSec, of course, right? Being in Vienna, um, the ability to you know, go to a practical, secure code review. There are still seats available if anyone is interested. Um, please consider us. Uh, outside of that, I know that both of us have had quite a bit of just like personal stuff going on. And I think that's what we wanted to start with today anyway, right? So yeah. if I act a little bit like I'm in pain, I actually kind of threw out my back this past weekend and um, Ken and I have been having, and we've been having a lot of discussion on the absolute AppSec Slack about kind of staying in shape and the physical toll of working in an office or working at a desk all the time. Um, and so like, I know that was one of the big things, Ken, when you and I worked together at, a, at the consultancy that shall not be named, um, that Uh, like the stress of working in that environment, the travel like took quite a toll, like specifically on like um, your health at the time. And I I mean, I think it just does in general, there's a lot of us that it does. Um, And so there were, there was a thread that you posted about kind of how, like what you did to, to overcome that. But, but first off, like what is it that like you noticed about working in a stressful environment in an office that like, yeah, that, that led you down the path of trying to improve your health? Yeah, no. Um,
0: well, so even at the like consultancy that we, we had, uh, built and, uh, subsequently left, um, yeah, I'll frankly, you know, it was, it really wasn't actually, that's when I started to, when, when I officially was like part of the, the company, that's when I started to, to, to actually like go down the path of getting in better shape It was before that. And then the period, because a lot of the stuff that I was doing to help build that consultancy was like on top of my regular work hours, which already weren't normal. So there were a couple years or a few years before joining that I was like invested in actually helping build that, um, but not as like my full time job. So that just led to like when I used to tell people, hey, I work like 16 hours a day. That was, that's for real. I mean, that, like, that, I mean, there were times where it was more than that where I just, like, that's all I did. I just sat at a computer, barely slept. Um, yeah. and I think, like, especially early on in the career, I don't know if you did this, but I was absolutely uh just like obsessed with getting better at this stuff. And so that led to even when I like, you know, before the working long hours type thing, um, and then doing even more hours after that, there was this period of time where it was the same thing. It was just in fact, like some of it was with you, like working during the day, then building and coding pro- like little open source projects, sometimes bigger open source projects at night just to get that skill set, write blog posts, build talks and go give talks, stuff like that, right? Trying to just build a career, get and just more knowledge in general. And that led to really, this is what I think is the heart of the issue is, is that sometimes it's hard that you just like focus on your your health, right? Long term health. It's It's easy to just have a mindset of like, computers 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 and yep. then not like but you pay for it right and that's kind of what led us to this whole conversation is like over the long term let's talk about some of the issues though that that presented super high i mean like sorry not super high but edging towards super high uh cholesterol and blood pressure right like numbers that i hadn't like i was probably when was it thir- like early 30 at that at yeah, like 30 at that point and man, my numbers were bad. Like that's, that's first of all, just like health. Right. Um, Then the, like the discomfort of sitting in a chair for extended periods of time when you hold on to a lot of weight physically is very difficult. Like there are things you can certainly do. I'm sure you have like, you have a, one of these chairs, these uh, secret yeah. lab chairs. These are really awesome. You know, mm-hmm. they're really good, but that doesn't, that doesn't like negate you know tons of extra weight that your body wasn't meant to have on it as you're sitting there. Standing desks help and all that, but like I said, I mean at the end of the day, like you can only do so much and to work around it. So there's the health aspect, the energy. Like I don't know about you, but dude, uh when I got heavy, like and to give perspective, I weigh about 209 pounds right now. Um I don't know what my muscle BMI and all that is—I uh, used to track it more religiously, but I don't—I don't know what that is. But it's it, you know, good healthy ratio. But at the time, I was like 270 pounds, and very little muscle, like almost no muscle, and so it was, you know, you're talking probably 100 and some pounds of fat. You know, I mean, we're talking a lot of fat, visceral fat, all of that stuff. And again, it just, man, it really like slows down the. I got to a point where I was so tired all the time. And just like my energy yeah. levels are just gone and man, it just, it just, it literally weighs on you. So, uh, you know, I think cause a lot of people talk about on Twitter, I have talked about like, you know, you've seen like Dave Kennedy's, is a good example. He was very good large, lost weight. Yep. Yeah. He may even be a bad example though, because I think there's the benefit of uh, time and money that not everybody has. And I don't mean yeah. that cause Dave Kennedy's great. Nothing disparaging there. Um, And I think it's obtainable even if you don't have that. But I think like people watching that, I've heard that feedback before. People are like, yeah, but he, you know, this, that and the other. Those may be excuses. They may, that might be a a true statement. I don't know, but it's not impossible, and it really just comes down to uh, first, you got to want to do it, and secondly, you got to carve out the time and make a routine, and then yeah. realize that exercise is such a small part of it. It's important for like because when I was talking to you about your back issues, like like uh, core, core, core strength, and not carrying that extra weight around, that's like such an important bit. Stretching is a, such an important bit. So there's a lot of value to that like meaning weight training and stretching and yoga and things like that, a lot of value to that, but it's, it's just one part of the equation. So for me, like I had this like pretty long thread in Slack. Right. But what I said was for me, all my goals in life are usually five to 10 years out. Um, mm-hmm. and if you're okay with that and you don't, and you don't think long-term in the sense of months and you think long-term in the sense of years, um, low and slow is the way I like to do it. You know, just creating a routine. Cause Man, those weight loss challenges and stuff. Have you ever done one of those?
1: Yeah, well, and that's what I was going to go to. Right, is that this idea of like we build a career, we build our lives over years, not over months, right? And and that that's right. how those are focused, right? Like the the you know the weight loss challenges are like in thirty days, like lose this much weight, but what happens? <laughs> Most people yo yo, right? Because it's it's not sustainable. It's really easy for a month to be like. Okay, I'm like working out, you know, two hours every single day. Um, right? Like, because I'm doing this challenge, but the second that you get back into your regular life, guess what you drop, right? That two hours a day, because it's not sustainable, right? And it, it's those tweaks over time, that, in general, make, make you, I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah that we use for like our financial health, for like building, you know, equity, you know, like paying off a house, right? Like whatever it is, it's always, it's this long-term thinking that we have. And yet when it comes to our health and fitness, we always focus on these short-term goals that aren't necessarily, I, I mean, it's not healthy, it's not sustainable. And that's where we run into those problems. That was the one thing that I took away from your thread specifically was that thinking of long-term as opposed to, you know, short-term, right? The building the habits that are focused on, Hey, guess what? This is going to keep me healthy for the next 10 years, as opposed to, Hey, I'm going to drop all this weight and then I'm going to gain it all back because I just didn't make like habit changes or lifestyle changes.
0: Yeah. And then people will use diets like uh, extreme diets, which are great in the beginning. And the reason those diets are great in the beginning is because no matter, no matter how you break it down, Cause I've heard like all the arguments because I've done those diets. I've, I've been involved in the research, like meaning I've, I've looked up, you know, wh- why is it effective? Why are people touting this? You know, like what are the debates online about each one? And it's like, at the end of the day, when you really break it down and you look at like, okay, keto works, worked for, for me in the beginning. Right. But when I broke, broke it down, it's just because it's a calorie deficit. That's it. It's because yep. the truth of the matter is most food, especially in America, has a uh, incredible amount of calories in it but not a lot of nutrition. When you start flipping the script and saying, okay, here's here's the amount of like grams of this I need like protein or I need this amount of fat and I need this amount of carbohydrates or whatever, right? The macros as they call, it, which is just like a pie chart of those three things pr- primarily, right? When you start breaking that down, you start to realize like when you're actually targeting those numbers without going over a calorie threshold, uh you actually have to consume a decent amount of food because the food that you start eating is different from the food that you had in your pantry before right so like for me a lot of my diet is like hard boiled eggs it's like whole wheat toast it's some fruit it's veggies it's meat it's very like basic stuff and to reach your like goals there and not exceed the threshold it's i guess what i'm trying to say is it'll surprise you when you like go and I mentioned this in the the thread if you just stick to the perimeter of a store, right actually you like volume wise you actually have to consume quite a bit to hit both your macros, and then you realize like the calorie count isn't high it's It's only when you start going into the middle of the store and, and buying and eating stuff from there that it's like, holy crap, like in a second, your calories can go super high, and the nutrition that you need goes down the toilet, so you're getting all this extra fat and you're getting no nutrient or very little nutrients, yep. So I think that was a realization for me was uh, the biggest thing, truthfully, was just like realizing mathematically, this is a very simple equation. One pound of fat equals 3,500 calories. Create a deficit, do it over the course of a week. Bake in weeks where I do anyways for like holidays and vacations. Understand that like you can't live like you can't be extreme. That's the problem with those diets, man. They're all extreme everything's extreme yep. all the, the weight loss challenges all the diets it's all extreme and if you go the extreme route what what are you gonna do you're gonna like it doesn't work long term to your point about like routine so anyways um yeah i see there's some binance stuff and all that we'll get we'll get to the security stuff but uh We've never yeah. talked, this is our 187th episode. We've never really talked about health. And since there was some interest in that, and because it does affect our productivity, it does affect our, our overall lifestyle. And it is very easy in this industry to not take care of yourself. It's very, it's very fascinating and true. Dude, how often do you get into something and you don't want to walk away?
1: Yep. Oh, it's, it's almost like a daily occurrence, right? The second that I start digging, jumping down one of the rabbit holes, I'm interested in what it is that I'm digging into. Um, It is very difficult to be like, oh, crap, right? It's, you know, it's four o'clock or whatever, right? Like this is normally the time that I would go take a walk or whatever it is, even just like the end of the day and separating and walking away, especially since I've been running kind of my own consultancy, that becomes a much more difficult proposition because there's always something else to do, right? Um, yeah. Whether it is something that's super interesting or just like business overhead that needs to happen, um, it's been this like difficult line that I like I've been trying to walk and finding the times to you know get out and do the other things. Um, and you know, I, you know, with this backward thing that's that's happening to me now, I'm, I'm I'm like fingers crossed that it's not worse than it you know that it appears to be on the surface. And yeah, it it's one of those. All right, like I need to re rethink what my schedule looks like and where that actually fits in so that it is something that, it, that takes a higher priority to extend out how i feel about everything else that i'm doing and being able to jump down those rabbit holes and keep going um so yeah well, but it, it is on a daily let's basis tally it right? up
0: though for you you yeah. are a hacker you are a business owner you are a husband you have three children who all have like lots of their own stuff that they're into from sports to, to, to like to, music, yeah. to language. Right. So you, you are, and some of that stuff you got to travel for. So, you know, it's like, you have a lot of responsibility. It's hard to find that they very, and, and not also cut into your sleep. That's the big thing <laughs> too, because if I could say one thing about, what is the m- most important bit here besides nutrition? It is a hundred percent sleep. We are yep. shit at sleep. A lot of us. And I think people even sometimes wear it as a badge of honor. Uh, I know at one point I'll be honest when I, when I was younger, I did. I mean, I, it was almost like a, a humble brag to be like, Oh yeah, I only slept like four hours. I've been hacking on, you know, <laughs> all that horse shit that you get older and you're like, Oh man, it's so dumb. Like once you look at the research, you're like, damn, I'm really actually, how much of my brain yeah. did I ruin and destroy by doing that? But yeah. You know, we're we're talking about longevity here, not not your career like you said. Your career isn't 10 years. Your career might be 30, 40 years. You don't know. So we're we're talking serious longevity here. This is maintenance. This is upkeep. You know, just like you take care of your car or whatever, you know, your home whatever, you got to take care of your body. So that's a that's a I guess my point is I re- I recognize it's hard to uh have as much responsibility as someone like you and a lot of us do, myself included but then also like carve out that time. So for me, what works is earlier in the morning, three times a week, some weight training, just to like, you know, off, like really to undo and strengthen, undo some of the damage I do during the week. Cause I I mentioned I do a lot of jujitsu and then that's like repetitive overuse of the same muscles. So that undoes some of that damage. And also like part of that routine is stretching too. So it's like, it's good for you. But anyways, I don't need to like talk about this forever, but, uh, yeah but yeah like exactly uh sorry, I'm reading the comments yeah it's it's sleep is good for so many things, but like honestly if you're talking about weight loss, it's important. if you're talking about hormone regulation, it's important if you're talking about memory and concentration, it's important it's It's not just important it like that is the number one thing so every it's funny, everybody takes these new neurotropics, myself included i I do take some alpha brain, but at the end of the day, none of that stuff means anything as much as sleep,
1: yeah. It, yeah. It, it's amazing how it's built in, right? Like, and honestly, the problems that get solved, like how effective I am at doing like intense work is directly related to, you know, whether or not my sleep cycle is regulated properly. Right. Um, right. you know, if I'm getting the sleep that I need and I feel well rested, man, I, you know, those hours during the day, I'm super effective I'm finding stuff. It's, it's, it's not taking me as long to get through code bases and you know everything else that you're working on but if i'm not getting the sleep that i need it's i may as well just like you know light a match and walk away right like it's just it's kind of a dumpster fire and you know you'll get through it but it's so much more painful Yeah, you
0: know? yeah it's it's um, very painful it's like walking through and there's there's, a, there's for me there's less creativity or it's harder to find the creativity but uh, to a degree I will admit there are times when I'm completely exhausted where things come up. I don't know; it's a weird thing. Sometimes complete exhaustion does lead to some creative breakthroughs, weirdly. But on the <laughs> whole, if you have to do it day in and day out, and you have to like problem solve day in and day out, and make like you know at our at your level and at my level now, I, should, I shouldn't even say level like the career t- where we're at in our careers. It's decision making all day long. People mm-hmm. depend on you to be a good decision maker. So if you're not in the best, I just feel like if I'm not in the best, uh the not the best version of myself, then I'm doing everybody else a disservice, is the best way I can say that. Yep. So I don't know. It's like start small, work your way up. I don't recommend doing anything extreme. I just think it's 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 more of like a low and slow kind of game. And this is the first time, I mean, I've been on this journey since 2013. This is the first time I've ever publicly talked about any of this. Uh today so anyways yeah. that's why i don't talk about this stuff it's very personal to me it's very private i'm nervous if you can't tell just talking about it i hate giving other people advice about stuff like this because i am not an expert but i did yep. go through the the ups and downs of it so i can speak to it a bit
1: yeah well i mean i, I think it's important that people just like anything right like different experiences help people in different ways um you know like the tools that you use could help somebody else, but they may not necessarily work for you as opposed to somebody else, right? Um, you've got to kind of find that balance. Um, just like the tool set that you use for doing an assessment, like the tools that I like are slightly different than the, than the tools Ken likes. And it's kind of, it's a matter of personal preference, but it's also what works for you, what works for me is different. Um, and especially when you get to the level of taking care of your own body and being you know healthy, it's going to change based on who you are, your own makeup, where you live, what availability you have in a grocery store, right? Like all these different things, economic levels, it all is, it, it's all different based on your environment. Uh, and so take it with a grain of salt. Anybody that comes in and tells you that they can help you lose weight in 30 days, like a massive amount uh, is, is trying to make money off you, right? Uh,
0: yeah. 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 100% I mean, I, mean man, just, I saw watch all this yeah. stuff on Instagram it's always just I'm like my god you don't have to do it that way like you don't have to hold your also you don't have to hold yourself to the standard what are you going for are you trying yep. to be like I, I joked about it. I'm like look <laughs> even when I was in shape there's no career model modeling career for me right like there's that's yeah. not a thing right so I'm that's <laughs> not what I'm going for I'm just going because I you know I need to be able to play with my kid and not be like super tired and need to be able to like I said, be a good decision maker, feel healthy, feel uh, good, feel comfortable too. Like I mentioned the other part that we don't really talk about is that when you consult or when you're doing this, yeah. I mean, especially consulting, you're going to travel. And if you're speaking, you're going to travel. If you're training, you're going to travel. And then when you travel and you're carrying around as much as I was, anyways, mine was maybe an extreme case. Yeah, it was an extreme case. Uh, man, it's just hard to sit there for, for hours and hours and hours. And, and, you know, I mean like, it just hurts. It just physically was super uncomfortable to travel. So
1: yeah. yep. it's like every, every time, time I, I
0: travel it's like super painful. So.
1: Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of times when you're traveling that you're not in the most comfortable situation, right? Like whether it is <laughs> the backseat of a plane, whether it is like being close in proximity to people because you're shoved into a bus or whatever, or a train. And like, it's, uh, you know, it, there, there is a physical toll that goes along with that. So being in, being in, good enough shape to deal with that uh, directly affects your quality of life, right? And that like, it's all kind of wrapped up together. um, But you do need to realize that take the time to, you know, take care of yourself, I guess is what we're saying, right? Like, figure that out, figure out what works for you. If you've got questions about Ken, like how Ken did it jump into Slack, you know, we can, we can discuss. um, But there's other resources that are out there, like just take care of yourself.
0: for sure it's embarrassing for me to to, to frankly admit how out of shape i had gotten but you know maybe this helps other people
1: you know what's going what i'm going through right now like i definitely go through cycles as it is right like i have periods where i do really well and then there's other periods where like life has just happened and like i know that i like i've been letting certain things drop and like this is a direct result of it right um so like it's kind of a wake up call for me. I was like, okay, nope, I need to take this into account again. I need to I need to rethink some of like what's the priority, right? But,
0: yeah, yeah, I mean, but that's the beautiful part of looking at it from a long-term lens is you, if you do that, you can afford yourself the space to make mistakes and you know, go backwards even sometimes. It's gonna for me it happened. I mean, it's not like it was just always a downward trend, right? Like I had you know, fits and stops and starts and yeah i mean yeah it's just it's a it's a long-term thing so yeah all about that longevity but yeah you don't have to chat about it forever i know we got quite a bit and somebody mentioned the uh the uh fortinet bit there which yeah. actually led me to a more interesting discover. well not discovery but for me it's a discovery um but yeah so anyways i don't know if you want to wrap any of that up or if you want to just move on or ha- how how
1: yeah, let's uh, let's move on. Like I said, if anybody wants to jump into Slack, we can continue the discussion. I think it's going on mostly in the random channel over there because it's not as as security related, even though it does affect us on a daily basis. So, uh, jump in, yeah. ask questions. You know, help out. Like suggestions for stretches or yoga are always appreciated from my end. Um, but otherwise, we'll we'll jump into like that Fortinet Fortinet sorry Authent bypass first. Um you have a link for that? I think you did.
0: I have a few. So the, the first one, um so yeah, like the the first one is right here, but there's also a Twitter thread I was gonna mention where it was confirmed. So let me put this in Slack and then on the you uh excuse me, the uh, yeah YouTube link here. So right, and so and then let me sorry, pull up that twitter gosh i've got many things open um yeah so the i mean the gist of it is i like the the thing i don't know yet and i'm I'm like really curious is like the tweet um th- the twitter thread i'll share here in a second um from carlos uh vieira um believe out of brazil um let's see here was that um He confirmed the, Carlos confirmed the, uh, the bypass. It wasn't just an off bypass. It's complete device takeover, which this was the, I'm a little embarrassed again, but, uh, I didn't know much about nuclei, 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 uh, the template, uh, or excuse, nuclei, the tool and, and like the whole YAML template, basically a way to, to, large scale scan for whatever vulnerability you're kind of looking for, especially as it relates to like, you know, HTTPS style requests. Uh, So that was kind of cool, which I'll, I'll put a a link to that project. Um, I don't know. Were you familiar with that at all or was it just me that wasn't super up to date?
1: Uh, Yeah. I like, we've run it a couple of times, but it is more like, um, large scale and so it's not something that i use on a daily basis or i haven't in the past right so but it looks like it can be yeah fairly useful
0: right so i haven't i mean i don't know that i've seen there's a template available somewhere let me get the pull request see if it was uh added um sorry i'm just looking for because i if we can find it it would be amazing to see if there's any uh or like any details on the code that was vulnerable that we can pull out of there. Um, so, but uh, I guess in the meantime, I don't know if you want to uh, speak to it, Yeah. essentially there were two products affected by this.
1: Yeah. It looks like it was Fortinet. Um, yeah. Fort I O S and Fort proxy. Right. Um, I mean, I mean, it, Full full app takeover or device takeover isn't super surprising if you can get access the admin interface right um, which is what you can do uh, what it what they're saying um, and also for the switch manager right so it's everything that's running that same code base or that same protection uh, but I didn't necessarily see how they were able to bypass it uh, but it sent, it looked based on carlos's um, tweet that it was fairly trivial, right? Um yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean when they say I bought auth bypass, honestly, I kind of wonder because they're like, it's especially a specially cra- crafted request. And that's like, is it just like a literally just ask for the endpoint and maybe like change a like a header or something, you know? Um yep. kind of thing? Or is it just IDOR or you know I wish there were I'm trying I'm literally just like, oh hold on. I might have some
1: did you no, see the API? It. It's not there yet.
0: No, I didn't I I couldn't find it now. Um yeah. Kind of frustrating. I definitely wanna <laughs> see I wanna see the code. Like it's hard to just like sit here and it's like, okay, well, it's, it's an iPod by- auth bypass. Yeah, it's hard to sit here and talk about it um without that. But uh basically, let's see, they said uh operations administrative. Oh yeah. It's access to the administrative interface. Honestly, it's probably something silly and very easy to discover. There's a, like I said, there's a template. I don't know where Carlos has got that template at. Um, I was kind of going through the thread hopefully.
1: Yeah. It doesn't Uh, look like it's posted in the thread. I was looking in, (laughs) you know, I was just doing some searches through GitHub as well to see if anybody like somebody was asking whether or not Metasploit was going to add it to their list. I'm sure they will eventually, <laughs> right? Yeah. But that—that's all I'm seeing right now. So maybe we move on from it. Um, but given how trivial it is, I'm sure it's going to be. You know, it's it's going to be added to the list as far as like, uh, you know, known takeovers and known instances. It's why it's why you want to track your products. You know what you've actually got installed. You want to install updates because stuff like this is just it's always going to happen, right? There's always these edge cases. There's always problems that exist. So,
0: so is this myth lack? Because, because Larry, uh, leisure, <laughs> leisure, suit, still the best handle on Slack. Sorry. Yeah. Leisure, Le, leisure. <laughs> can't even say it now. I'm laughing. Leisure suit. Larry had a uh, co- comment on the fact that it's basically <laughs> CWE 306, which is, you know, essentially myth Right. Um, yeah. unless I'm misunderstanding, but yeah, it sounds like it's just literally like no authorization on an administrative uh, interface. So yeah, right. So yeah. that's, that. and they, there is one other detail, which it says, and I'll put this in, I guess, the StreamYard link here. I'll quote it. Um, it says, to look in your logs for user equals local process access. <laughs>
1: access. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Which again, yeah. I guess it brings back the logging is important bit there uh, yeah. to give you a segue well, so- into talking about logging again. Logging. But
1: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> no, I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not going there. No, no Logging.
1: No. <laughs> I did. I, I, uh, I did. I did purchase some uh, Crocs this last week, though. Oh, just, just for, did you? Just for you. So I did. Oh, heck yes.
0: <laughs> I want to see him. I want to see him. We need pictures later posted to Slack.
1: Exactly. Yes, yeah, so we'll get we'll get some Crocs and socks pictures up there. Um, yeah, uh, it does. I, I mean, it does feel like it's a fairly like trivial vulnerability to exploit. If that's the case, if it was just I, this is why whenever I'm looking at a COTS product, right, like or something that's implemented, I always go to the like administrator handbook, right. On how to actually access different pieces of the administration portal, and I always do just general um, mflac or you know uh, URL brute forcing against any any sort of COTS product, um, because the number of times that I find default usernames and passwords, default access, like access bypasses in those COTS products is actually fairly common. Uh, because most people just roll them out, they pull down a Docker instance, they do whatever, and you know it's just basically whatever the the vendor has given them. They implement and they build on top of. I, I don't know if you've necessarily seen that over the course of your career as well, though.
0: I mean, I'm sure I have. But one thing that just popped in my head was the. I think I understand why the user equals local process access. Maybe those of you that are quicker on the uptake already figured this out, but you know if you're doing a a, a MIFLAC or like a forced browsing or whatever you want to call it where there is no you've done no authorization to get to an endpoint and there is no user to there's no true user from the database to like point to as having performed an action and so instead it's probably saying well there's no there's no session there's no uh user to extract extrapolate from the session so default to that user, which is like the built-in user local access one. That's, that's what I'm thinking. And maybe you already figured that out. I'm just super slow, which is totally possible, but
1: that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. I hadn't necessarily thought it through yet. Right. You know, if there's no user defined, that's what, that's the process or that's the name that it's throwing on there. Uh, Rafine brings up a good point in the YouTube comments about unfamiliar login alerts. Again, this goes back to logging, right? Like, Hey, if you're seeing logins or users that you didn't expect to see, um, you probably need to do something, but again, that goes back to, well, like, do you have logs? Yeah. But if you don't or have
0: authorization, gonna... there's no, there's no, if you don't have authorization applied correctly, then MFA is never going to be triggered. Right. Like, cause you just didn't yeah. put authorization on there. So it, I don't think that actually would, would fix this. Um, the,
1: oh, you're right. Cause there's no login. There's no authentication that's happening. There's it's, it's, right. it would be an authorization check that needs to happen. Um, But again, it's going to be, it's going to depend on what you have in front of it and what's going on in the logs, like whether or not you're actually watching for that sort of, uh, you know, edge case or, you know, thing to happen.
0: One thing that would potentially mitigate some well, and they do mention, by the way, so like, uh, before I get to the second thing, the, the, the first thing I will mention is like IP rule restrictions they do mention that you can do that. Like you can restrict who gets to the administrative interface. That'd for sure mitigate that. So first of all, it's just like, that's probably the number one recommendation. Um, but the second thing I was thinking of is uh, like, you know how with GitHub, we have the, uh, the high risk uh, f- pseudo filters or authorization functions. So like what that means is, you know uh, for those listening, if you go to like some, some important, like, I don't know, settings page of, Your organization and you go to do something either destructive or just like add change something security impacting um then it'll if it's been a certain amount of time since you last logged in it'll re-request uh you know you to authenticate and so while the primary authorization function that like validates that you are a person who is you know, you, first of all, you've been identified, and then also we know what you need to access. If, if the, all that failed, as long as there was a secondary authorization function that had looked and said, "All right, well, there needs to be a uh, user," and then uh, once you know we establish there's a user from the session, then like when's the last time they logged in? Okay, it's been over that. Then you need to reauthenticate for destructive or I don't know CRUD operations or whatever. That could have helped, maybe. But I think the IP yeah. restrictions for administrative interfaces on cuz i got a question last night actually from a buddy who's working in networking um uh-huh. not security just doing like cisco stuff and he was asking me about all this like he's like is there any way if i if i've set up my network to have this that and the other with firewalls and like i forget he like a bunch of le- like stuff that actually is over my head now cuz i haven't worked in that space for a while um like so, some very specific configuration things he's like is there still a way to get around it and i was like bro any web app any of the DevOps style tooling out there, any cloud insecure cloud configurations that, you know, cause sometimes cloud services are connected via VPN to your data center, you know, or to your, I mean, data center is like a pretty fluid words or like a, cause there's like legit data centers and there's people like, I mean, you and I have done this before where you have like a a little few servers and you do like the connection point between the two, but a compromise in an insecure cloud service could lead to a compromise of that real physical stuff in your data center or real data center. So it's like, I was just trying to explain to him like, yeah, man, like there's uh yeah, it, it, the problem is, is that people put stuff out there and you just don't know that it's there or maybe it's an insecure system. And this is like one of those times where it's like somebody put an administrative interface that's exposed to the world out there. Like yep. even if it was secured properly and the code was all perfect, is that a good idea? No, it's absolutely no, not. No. Yeah, so. well,
1: and I, I mean, this is one of those kind of low-hanging fruit things that we see too, right? Is that these admin dashboards, if they're accessible... To the world at large, it means they're going to get targeted, Um, right? Like there's a reason that we look for slash admin on every, you know, test that we do, because if it's available, it just means that if I can get to it, it means that somebody else can get to it, right? And that that may lead to compromise that may lead to exposure. If somebody decides to target one of your administrators in a phishing exercise or like Uber, right? Like, Hey, they figure out credential stuffing actually works. So I just try it again and again, even though you have MFA enabled, uh, eventually your administrator is going to say, okay, allow that request through because I'm sick of getting the notifications, right? Like that, that sort of stuff can happen. And it only happens because we expose those interfaces to unauthorized people, right? Like or unauthorized locations to IP addresses that probably shouldn't be exposed. Yeah.
0: Well, and, you know, it's kind of like, I would hope anyways, with those systems, like the the default options to not have it enabled, but but more likely, it's probably coming out of the box. These 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 uh, systems that get put out there with with those things like what do we call it? fail fail open? Uh, we'll call it fail. We'll call that fail open, right? Um, where the default's an insecure default. Uh, it should be realistically. You you I think you should in those cases have to say explicitly. I'm okay with the world reaching this system, and maybe that is the case. I don't actually know. I don't mess with Fortinet Fortinet's products. So maybe yeah. I'm totally off my rocker here. Or wrong. I'm okay with that. But in the general, for all of these things, I don't think they should come out of the box with stuff like that. Um, There's probably a whole laundry list of things we could think about and walk through it. You know, that, that just yeah. shouldn't ship with.
1: Yeah. I, but again, right. Like, you know, you think about the, the evolution of products, especially the COTS products over time, And, you know, 15 years ago, it was expected that that administrator interface was accessible on those, uh, you know, those, you know, especially I think Fortinet initially targeted kind of like a small business style environment and sold into that where, hey, it was rolled out at some office somewhere. I want to be able to access it as an administrator. So it needs to pull up that IP address and instantly be available. And I have to log into it. And here, here are the default creds that you use to get into it as well, right? Like that That was the path that most administrator use, most of these products used. Um, and it doesn't get updated over time because it works, right? I, like I, I don't, so I have a hard time, you know, Yes, they probably should have anticipated this, but I also understand why it occurs. Um so like putting too much blame on them or right, like Yeah, no, happens. I, I mean yeah, it does. It does. And it, it's going to continue to happen. So
0: yeah, yep. but you know, it's. I think it's worthwhile if you take anything away and you're watching this is to you know when you install a product, just make sure you like do like port, basic port scanning, you know, to, to identify any open ports and interfaces. Uh, read the manual. I, yep, I, that's sometimes not a fair statement because the manual can be difficult. But on the whole, meaning like it can, it can not even like mention any any of these things. It can be overly overly document things that don't matter and then document not document the things that do so but i mean you know i think doing some homework for sure and uh yeah just uh yeah uh, try and lock it down as much as possible as long as you have the ability to because sometimes it's just not even security people that stand these things up weirdly enough so
1: yeah yeah cool um let's see do you want to talk bnb um what else do you want to talk about today
0: BNB. Is that the Binance thing?
1: Yeah, the Binance. Sorry.
0: Ah, okay. Cool. Yeah, no, like uh, I need to pull up an article on it and get up to speed real quick, but I'm cool to talk about it because, like, do you know about it?
1: Yeah. It, I mean, it's been going around, right? Like, I, I was reading about it last week as it happened. Um, You know, it's a few days ago. I, I just dropped a link in there. That was that was from actually bnbchain.org. So these are the guys that are running the chain. But they they... Um. yeah, so they halted uh, the chain to actually minimize loss uh, as, you know, apparently what was going on. Um, uh, maybe that's not the best description. Let me see if I can find another article for you to look at. Potential exploit. Um, so it transferred off Oh, it lets someone create approximately six hundred million dollars of BNB, right? And then we're able to abscond with about a hundred million of it. So they were able to transfer off so much of it, right? Yeah. They said the damage
0: could have been up to five hundred and seventy million.
1: Yep. Well, that was it because they they minted it looks like two million tokens, right? Um, oh, but they so were validators.
0: Only- Actually, yeah. I'm sorry go ahead um, yeah yeah, yeah
1: yeah so what were you gonna say as far as validators
0: no i was just like blown away that because there were 26 validators working on this um and performing validation uh they prevented that worst case scenario the 570 100 million is still a lot of money but apparently there's quite a bit of people you know performing valid i mean i literally i think it's people that are doing validate when they say validators i don't think it's correct me if i'm wrong i don't think that's technology i think that's a person maybe? No, those
1: those, those are uh, validators are so in proof of stake, right? They're the ones that are actually, you know, doing the analysis. um And then once you have a quorum of validators, that's what get, gets written to the blockchain, right? Or what get, gets written to the chain. Oh, um, I see. And so, but that was it, that the validators actually were catching it, right? So they saw something weird, were notifying whoever was running those validator and um, they were stopping those transfers from happening or going out so even though it was requested that to probably withdraw even more of those, um, they were able to stop it from happening because there wasn't enough of the validators that agreed on it to have it written to the chain right Does that make sense?
0: Oh yeah yeah totally There's, so there is like a human component, there was a human though, there, uh, there was a human
1: yeah. component that you know,
0: behind the technology that does the yeah, validation.
1: Yep, yep, there was some sort of like alert that went out or, you know, wow, it looks like this is strange, like where why are we transferring this much this many BMP tokens around, whatever that happened to be. And I don't know if we'll actually get like a lot of these investigations. I don't know how much we will we will know um as to what was going on behind the scenes, right? Man. Um, it's, uh, yeah,
0: just every I feel like it's every few days even it's not even every week anymore yeah it's like the numbers <laughs> Honestly, astound me too
1: one of my favorite websites that i check every couple of days is web3isgoinggreat.com because it does have such interesting attacks against the different networks the different protocols the different chains that are out there whether it is a smart contract hack like this one is where it was like wallet draining attacks like previously um, spam attacks against zcash from a you know a week ago right like um, in order to drain people's funds right like just the amount of uh, nefarious activity that's going on is so interesting to see in the different ways that people are trying to you know still money because uh, that's what it is. Is they're trying to drain funds. They're trying to get at actual money um, from these different protocols from these different chains. If you haven't checked out Web Three Is Going Great dot uh, com, you should right. If you're interested in it, you know, take a look at it because um, it, it's it's so, really interesting. Yeah, you know?
0: there is actually some, not much. There are the only detail I could find was a little quote that says in a parasitic manner, which I don't I don't know why that was someone's mad. So in a parasitic manner, the threat actor compromised the websites of other scammers posing as decentralized applications and injected malicious JavaScript into them. So so to 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 rephrase that so that I could fully understand that the hacker well no I don't want to give them that title. The malicious actor Infected the sites of other malicious actors with JavaScript and then stole money that way. That's incredible. That's amazing. Oh my God. This, I mean, honestly, is this how is this real? This is real. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. And it, the Web3 is like, actually, it's funny too, because I blame you for this too, because of all the. <laughs> A hundred percent. I blame you. So because of all the web three discussions and like the constant influx of, you know, the Twitter bot crypto stuff, I got a, I got a a DM from someone who's like, wow, on Twitter. It was like, uh, I'm from, hold on. I got it up. Uh, I'm from a web three syndicate called blah, blah, blah. Ventures focused on seed and Series series a startups. We do, we do one. They basically trying to get me to be on their, investor list or something. I'm like, what in the hell? I am the wrong person to hit up for that. Um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, too, pretty funny, good stuff. Good stuff.
1: So, Oh, well look, I, I, uh, yeah, I get, I get all sorts of, especially since we started talking about it outside of the spam that comes in for, you know, in the social media channel, I, I get all sorts of DMS about, Oh, you could win this charity, but I, I love this. This, this is the, this is the final, uh the final statement on most of these dms are things like this i'm going to post it in the comment right all in caps if you don't know about crypto or how to use it please ignore this message Right? Like...
0: <laughs> oh my goodness uh, uh yeah. which,
1: which makes me you know like there's all those like uh youtube channels that will like, that'll or basically the spam eaters right or the 401 40- Nine eaters, whatever you want to call them, right? The guys that'll waste the spammers' time or the, you know, uh, the the thieves' time that are trying to go after, you know, yeah, go after people. I I, I wonder when they're they're going to start responding to, you know, blockchain yeah. and you know, you know, crypto scammers because I like it's it's so funny that to to see that right. But
0: yeah, well, yeah. barking up the wrong tree with me—that's for sure. Um, yeah. Well, but it's pretty, it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely pretty funny to watch all this go down. And, and I have to say, it, I mean, it wasn't funny at first, but now it's just, it's ludicrous. It's just like, my goodness, my goodness, how, how is, like, I don't know, man, I don't even know how you would even choose at this point. Like, cause there's so many chains, right? There's so, so many options. It's just kind of like, I mean, I've, I've, I do a sl- very small amount of money into crypto, very small. Um. But it's like the like the Bitcoin and uh Ethereum and Solana. That is basically it. Just cause like those seem to be fine for now. But like when I looked at all the other ones and just the amount of compromises on all the different and again, when I, I I have very little at risk if it goes wrong uh on purpose. So
1: mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and that I mean that's just it, right? Like you've got to realize one of the reasons that i push people to web3 is going great right and others is because um like it's it's all it's all almost some sort of like an mlm scheme right like the more people that they can get to buy into a token the more that it's going to be worth so it's almost like penny stocks at that point because like small mm-hmm. changes in some of those coins whether it is only like fractions of a cent can make people millions of dollars right which you know which is why we regulate the you know the you know other markets but we're not regulating this market now so you're seeing scammers that go in there they try to get people to buy it but part of the reason part of the thing that i want people to realize is that you can lose real money here and people do lose real money and so tracking what's actually going on which networks actually seem to be doing well Right. There's ones that are probably more more uh, stable than others and you know, would be a, a better asset to invest in. Um, but a lot of those that are going to advertise directly to you on Twitter or send you DMs. And if you've never heard about it, there's a reason that you've never heard about it. right? Even if it is a token that's been minted on the Ethereum chain, doesn't necessarily mean it's safe. Because anyone can go and mint tokens on the ethereum chain what, 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 what makes them actually worth something depends on how they're being used, what the you know what the group is behind it, what protocol, like everything else that goes into it. So you just got to be very careful um, about where you actually invest those funds. It doesn't mean that you can't make money in that space. People make money in all sorts of different ways. Uh, but I you know if you pulled probably the larger, uh, crypto community, not necessarily the people that are promoting the coins, the larger crypto community would tell you uh, that they've lost money, right just in general, yeah, yeah so yeah, I mean so be careful it's like any investment, right there is risk, and there's probably more risk involved because of the because of the fact that most people don't understand what's actually going on behind the scenes um and even with my experience, I wouldn't claim to be an expert either in understanding all the different protocols and all the different coins that are out there because I've only looked at a few as far as like in depth as to what I actually understand.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, and yeah, it's, it's a thing that can be very um, not to us right in technology so much, but for those outside of it, um, it can be a very, like you mentioned a very confusing thing. Um, And I just think that that in and of itself also lends itself to, you know, scammers. Anytime you you, you have people that, you know, there's the appeal, it's like a gold rush, right? For a lot of people, Um, they saw Bitcoin go from nothing to like at one point, I think it was $64,000 a uh, coin. I don't know what it's sitting at now, the 19 or 18, whatever, but they saw that jump and it's like, this is the gold rush. But then there's, so there's, there's a sense of urgency. There's a sense of like getting in early on this. And then there's a complete lack of of awareness. And this is outside of like the the, the uh, I'm talking about individuals being scammed, not necessarily big chunks of money being moved off the chain or out of the chain to, to some malicious actor. Um, there's a lot of room for just like scamming individuals, too. I told you, I don't know if I even talked about it on the podcast, but I'd run into somebody as an Uber, my Uber driver who was scammed out of something like two hundred and. Oh God, I don't know. It was some ludicrous amount of money, like a quarter of a million dollars or something. And I, I felt really terrible hearing the story and everything. And and I was also fascinated by it, but, um, you know, it, that's a sad reality too that goes along with all of this. So, yeah, I don't know what the takeaways there. Just this be is careful. more of just an <laughs> interest. Yeah, be careful yeah. for sure, for sure. Yeah, I did want to, I know we're running low on time. There's one last thing I want to just like point out for people outside of the, I don't know. It was just, sorry. Was there anything more we want to discuss on this? Uh,
1: not necessarily. no not necessarily. Okay. Go ahead.
0: No, no. So it's um, just like, so Toyota said they, you know, had disclosed oh, that there was like five years worth of, or over the period of five years, there was some, uh, Key, it's the, the typical thing of accidentally pushing code to public space um versus private, and then that having some sensitive data in the source code. You know, we always talk about as security people, and not just you and I, I'm talking about everybody that's listening to this podcast. You know, we always tell people like, don't put sensitive data in source code, that's like a number one thing. P- I've definitely had, I think less of a thing now, but I've definitely had uh engineers in the past, way in the past, way in the past, not now, not where I work now, um, who have fought back a little bit on that, push back a little bit. Like, why is that such a big deal? It's just like going to a private repo. It's on private systems. Nobody's going to see it. It's like, well, you know, a laptop gets stolen, uh, laptop gets compromised. Uh, somebody accidentally does this, which is push, you know, code to a public space somehow. Sometimes it got, I mean, we had, I remember at living social, we had this issue where developers kept, pasting stack traces into uh paste bin mm-hmm. and, but part to of that stack them. trace include, right. Yeah. To share them, to debug local development. And the problem was in staging, but the problem was is that it had the output of real keys in it. We even had an issue where people put, um, this is not a source code thing. This is just interesting. We even had a situation where our office in New York had, I think it was New York, the operations person there, or the, the office manager basically had a, had put for ease of use onto blogspot.com, our public wifi password and SSID. <laughs> and this is like our true network, right? Like you get on that, like all the developers are, you can just start accessing everything. Right. So anyways, we had stuff like that happen, but, but the point is, it's like, just don't have that aside. Don't have uh, sensitive data and, and source code. So, but the the takeaway here is not that they accidentally did something that we've seen so many times before. I actually wanted to point to uh, how to prevent that. So there is a um, there is a well, and mind and, you, so, I don't do uh, sales, yeah. so I have no idea. This is probably something extra you pay for with like GitHub Advanced Security or something like that. But I didn't well, want to just meant. Oh, go ahead, sorry. Just
1: going going back to the article um about that right like um and maybe we'll post it. Is okay so toyota had a disclosure um there was a data leak because of a key that was located in in git right like that had been pushed into git um, um it's since been changed uh but one of the things from that article and i just dropped that one in there right but Thank one of you. the things in the article was the fact that it was a uh like it was a custom kind of uh, key and not like AWS secret key or whatever, something that GitHub recognized as a secret key. So, so hence the, you know, this is what Ken is jumping into as this custom patterns, um, how you can actually search for custom patterns. So sorry. Thanks for explaining that. That would, no, thanks for
0: explaining. That would have made no sense uh, if I, if you didn't explain it. Right. Exactly. Like there, there's the, and got Neil who's been on here. I think it was a part of that actually building out some of that, that original functionality. But basically it was like, you know, AWS has their formats. Slack has their formats for tokens. And so like, when it matches a specific token pattern that's common, Azure, whatever, um, then yeah, we can, we can scan but you have the ability to do custom scanning for custom see Like you can do it by regex. There's a few options actually, uh, of how to, how you can, how you can do that. Um, I do think it. I think it's part of like. I do think you have to be like an enterprise. Toyota probably is an enterprise, but that's not my point. I don't. This isn't about Toyota at all. Um, I really don't want to even comment on it more. More so, to just say there are. If you're an enterprise and you have like that kind of, I don't know if like what Bitbucket and GitLab have. They they may have the same exact thing. I, I genuinely don't know. Okay, so it's not like a competitor thing. I don't know. Um, but use whatever these products. whoever you're using. See if they have custom secret scanning so that you can avoid this stuff. Um, yeah, you do have to do an inventory obviously of your most sensitive custom secrets, but um, if they follow a format, which is the other part of it is you, you don't you don't want to like obviously you don't want to put into your your custom scanning pattern the literal value. so there needs to be like a prefix or you know a postfix um, something that that is unique. Like I think one of our tokens for, for GitHub, it it's always starts with GHE or GH underscore or something like that, and so that would be like the you know prefix pattern that we would, uh, and then it's a certain amount of characters after that, um, and then we, yeah. yeah, that would match that pattern. So, anyways, that's my that's my. I just wanted to bring it up, not because of like Toyota or anything like that, um, more so just to let people know there are ways to prevent this um, besides yeah. using the like truffle hog and I've seen people do Chris Gates actually has had had I think it was while he was at Uber had set up this insanely uh cool but very complex um secret scanning you know because none of this stuff ex- existed at the time in fact he's he he told he asked me for this functionality and I, so I started internally like promoting it because I was like people want this people want this I'm telling you I'm telling you they're doing like this crazy stuff to to get around our limitation there yeah. so but it was, but it was a lot of customers asking for it to to our sales folks and engineers. So.
1: Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Well, and and I mean that's just it, right? Having those hints, having the ability to to actually search for that kind of stuff and watch for it, the custom, right? They they could have detected it earlier. Um, but it's going to happen again, right? Like Toyota, this was out there for quite a while, uh, and it, and it feels like this is a running theme today. Is it's it's going to happen. Um, so how do you protect yourself when it actually does? Um, that's, uh, you know, that, that's all what all these tools, everything that we talk about from, a, you know, a week to week basis are ways that you can defend yourself, right? It's interesting to see the cases where it falls down. But the only reason we highlight it is so that we can recognize what we need to implement, what we should be looking for, what I should be advising clients on, right? Like uh, to, on how to secure their actual network. And apparently Bye. the doggo is here saying hi, so there. That's where we're at today. Hi, uh, yeah. She, uh, she 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 just has her
0: moments sometimes where she has to say hi. So, yep. Hi. Yep. Good girl. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> All
1: right. Spicy, but <laughs> but
0: spicy, but but good. She's you know German Shepherd, very opinionated, very very emotional.
1: Yep. Uh, yeah. Well anyway, sweet. Cool. Uh, um yeah, I think that's about everything for today. Uh unless there's uh something else that you wanted to bring up before we call it.
0: No, um just you know, like I always say this, but I just want to reiterate, really appreciate everyone's support and listening to the podcast. Um yeah, we're we're uh yeah, just very grateful for it. Um the channel continues to grow. Um yes. we have some I don't even know if I you know what you tease it if you want, but like the designs for some of the stuff that's that we've got coming out are just super cool. So I thought yes. it was really cool.
1: Yes, we will. We will have uh, some socks and Crocs swag coming out soon. Um, I think that's about where we'll leave it for now. We're still finalizing the designs, how we actually want to push some of that out. Um, But, you know, as well as some, you know, branded Logi stuff is, you know, logical stuff uh like, you know, whatever it is. Right. Um, but the designer
0: uh, you worked with on that. Amazing.
1: She's, she's amazing. She's good to work with. Um, a part of me wants to turn it into an NFT as well. So we'll get <laughs> to that point. We'll talk about it. I told um, you the reason because,
0: I get these stupid DMS. <laughs> I know
1: it's going to be amazing once we do, once we have our, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know what we're going to call it. Right. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no idea. anyway um but yeah like that's that's how you can get into your like insider slack is you know having a an nft a yeah a specific one for uh apps absolute appetite anyway um yeah but if you do want swag we still have some um t-shirts and um stickers we did send out a batch recently hopefully you received that um and oh i guess
0: we we should also mention cactus con that we regardless oh, yes. we do plan on attending um cactus con at the end of january so i think it's january 27th through the 30th we we are uh submitting for a workshop too so we'll see if that goes through but either way i think even if we don't end up doing a workshop there we're, we're both going to go because we love that conference i like you know oh mfa so hey just real quick on the mf fatigue question there we did talk about that uh last week last week so yep. if you ch- yeah so if you check out last week's episode you will see mfa fatigue discussed there but yep. good call so but anyways back to it um both of us want to be there i love cactus con andrew wilson's super awesome dude um and just the, the talks the people the hallway con all that stuff's amazing there the vendors are great uh swag's here everything's great so definitely want to yeah. go out there
1: so we're looking at doing a workshop, and then I think we also will do a, you know, a, like um, current state of AppSec or some sort of panel as well. I think we're going to um, go for a talk there too. So anyway, watch watch for more info there. Either way, we will be, yeah, we'll be in Arizona at the end of January. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for the interactions today and for listening to us. Appreciate, yeah, appreciate it, and... Jump into Slack and we'll continue the conversation there. Otherwise, we'll see you all next week. Awesome. Thanks. Ciao.